You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Okay, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Faraz here. Zach's here. Let us hear it, guys. Did you win? Are you in the process of winning? Do you have Joe Burrow tonight? Do you have Josh Allen tonight? Do you have Stephon Diggs, Joe Mixon? Jamar There's Chase. a lot yeah. riding on Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Oh, man, it's too many. Too many. Uh, a lot of fantasy, uh, big fantasy names tonight with the Bills and Bengals. Uh, this has, you know, shootout written all over it. Yeah. But so do the Packers and Vikings. That also <laughs> had... Uh, you know, that didn't quite go as planned that no. game, right? It didn't materialize. Um, not at all. Not at all. But if you're listening to this, I hope you're listening with a with a win in hand. You know, hopefully there's a bunch of champions listening to this, okay? Because it, and you're listening because you want to hear more about how you know this week went. If you yeah. lost, you might not be in the best mood today, and I totally understand that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm looking okay in our league. Yeah, no. You know? no we, looking, we had uh we had um, you know, so I'm in the championship in our league that we have together, the only league that matters and looking okay, Zach. We're looking yeah. okay today. No, I mean I I think you look really good. The way I always look at these games where it's like, you know, one player versus one or two other players, that kind of thing. It's like you have to put it in terms where it like seems super optimistic. It's like Joe Burrow just has to outscore Joe Mixon. With a nine-point lead, and that's what it is yeah. for you tonight. So it's right. like he has a nine-point cushion; like he can't lose, right? <laughs> Joe Mixon hey. hasn't had the workload since he put up those fifty-five points. What was it, week eleven? I think yeah. that's what it was. So the odds of him getting back to that, I don't think they're very high. He's not going to have any type of workload that's going to get him those points where he's outscoring Joe Burrow by nine points. If it's a shootout, you know, I think you might be in very solid shape, very good chances to win. You know, th- th- this league. This is the first time um, that so so we put together this league this year, right? Handpicked everybody because it's like you know you want a competitive league, you want people who are cool, you know. And I feel like this year went by really well. Like yeah. it's a competitive league, no complainers. Everyone was chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it was no no no, no BS. Uh, we could have talked a little bit more shit, but I guess as more people know each other more as the years go on, it'll happen, right? Right. Um, but, you know, we're talking about something not so likely to happen, and that's Joe Mixon having a huge game tonight. But another thing that wasn't so likely to happen was Mike Evans. Yeah. <laughs> Two guys <laughs> on the Bucks who have not come through 
but all of a sudden come through. Uh, hopefully not on your bench, Mike Evans and Tom Brady. Like, you got to be kidding me, man. Chances you know? are this was to win you out of your consolation bracket if you had t- Mike Evans or Tom Brady on your team because they've been Ten doing catches. nothing all season. 10 catches, 207 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, talk about regression catching yep. up. Like, I, you know, not the regression candidate that I was expecting to go off in championship week, right? Like, I can't imagine how many people had Mike Evans on their bench because they're just like, I can't trust this guy. Right. You know, you had, you had some sort of decent option. You're like, I'm going to roll him over Mike Evans because probably have more upside. You're talking about an offense who hasn't been able to score points. And then right. Tom Brady... 432 passing yards, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. <laughs> you know, and you look at what the Panthers did last week, right? They handled the Lions easily, mm-hmm. right? And then they allowed Tom Brady and Mike Evans to just go ham. If yeah. you had either of these guys in your lineup this week, luckily, right? Because you would have to have be in some dire straits to have Tom Brady or Mike Evans in your lineup this week. Right. You're probably taking home the trophy if that yeah. was the case. Yeah, if you were in your championship, that is. Like I said, you probably wouldn't. Of course. Like for me, I definitely would have been winning my way out of a consolation bracket. You know what I'm saying? That kind of (laughs) thing. But um, yeah, this was just crazy. I couldn't believe it. I thought this was a pretty good matchup. You know, they were going against the Panthers who have a pretty good defense. And if you watch the game, you know, it was literally the Tom Brady and Mike Evans show. I mean, Chris Godwin had, you know, 120 yards on nine, nine targets, nine catches. But outside of that, like, there wasn't anybody else doing anything for the Buccaneers. And the Panthers actually had two, I think, 10-point leads in this game. Yeah. So it's like the Panthers were in control. They just completely let go of Tom Brady and Mike Evans. And they finally connected on not one, not two, but three deep touchdowns. It's like, it was just crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, 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 This is just like a season's worth of production, you know, from Mike Evans. What, just something close to what we wanted to see from him all season, all materialized in this week 17 matchup and he hit a thousand yards again this season so he has nine straight thousand yard seasons um it sure didn't feel like it. it's not going to feel like it even after this performance like mike evans was like a great fancy receiver even though he did hit those thousand yards he's been super reliable in that department uh, but this was a nice you know at least he redeemed himself if you made it all the way to the championship with him and, and there's a chance like you said that he was riding on your bench how bad right. would that feel like i couldn't imagine that because if you lost in your championship game and Mike Evans was on your bench, yeah, all you have to do is just play him, and you probably would have won. Yeah, but right. Listen, there was reason after reason after reason not to start him because yeah. he was missing on all cylinders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nothing was working. I'll say this though: he's no stranger to winning people championship games because in 2020, he had a 10 for 181 and two touchdown game in Week 16 championship week in 2020 i was on the receiving end of that unfortunately in two leagues (laughs) and i lost because of that uh so yeah he's no he's no stranger to that um and then last year he also gets it done the week before in the semifinals so he kind of comes through at times during you know when it comes down to it but yeah you know it it was a tough one man if you have money bench i'm feeling for you i really yeah Being on the receiving end of a Mike Evans championship or playoff performance, you know, it's the only reason you could pull a stat like that because it's just ingrained in your mind. <laughs> Nobody 100%. forgets fantasy football beatdowns by single players. Like that's true. It's just a terrible. Alan Kamara, you know, did it to yep. me that same year. Mike Evans. I had too. him. I had him in my yeah. one league. 
So that there was fantastic. Go. It was on Christmas, like a Christmas present. I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, it was on <laughs> I wasn't even watching the game, but I was just watching the box score roll up. And I was like, oh, he has a touchdown, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. Like, it got to six touchdowns. I was like, you're kidding yeah. me, dude. This is great. Unbelievable, man. Um, And by the way, in that same game, DJ Moore also coming through big time. Six for yeah. 117 and a touchdown. DJ Moore, man, fantasy football playoff hero this year. He was yeah. a wide receiver six from weeks 15 to 17 and he was consistent every single game he was getting it done near 20 points in ppr mm-hmm. and a touchdown in each game you know yeah and, and three good matchups you know pittsburgh detroit tampa bay in terms of fancy points allowed but um yeah you can't really discount that the way that sam darnold was playing too it looked like they had a little connection going there um uh, we were never worried about dj moore and the talent it's always been the quarterback situation but look what he can do with just steady quarterback play if they can get an actual quarterback there in carolina imagine what his stock would do you know maybe like maybe baker mayfield season. yeah maybe like baker mayfield something like that now Derek <laughs> carr is coming to town and then we're going to be doing that whole thing again with like, like we did with Devontae adams this year who you know, oh, we'll be man. talking about later in the show Devontae adams, Devontae adams. <laughs> you, just, you know what let's just talk about that right now all right you okay. want to do it yeah, he Devonte Adams, man, he had zero problems with Jarrett Stidham. Couldn't believe the way this game went. Like it was so great to watch. I watched this game. This was the one I I was tuned in on. It was even a, with it was Red a Zone, great game. Tuned into it. It was so fantastic. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Jared Stidham going toe to toe with the 49ers the entire game. Yeah, only two quarterbacks have thrown for 300 yards against the 49ers this year: Patrick Mahomes and Jarrett Stidham. Only two quarterbacks have thrown three touchdowns against the 49ers this year. Patrick Mahomes and Jazz Stiddle. <laughs> okay. I, I would say the way that the offense was playing, you know, in overtime, I wouldn't have been surprised. He should have thrown for four if he wasn't hit when he was releasing that one pass. Because right. right. he was going to Devontae Adams. He was using Devontae Adams like we wanted him to be used all season. I couldn't believe it. You no, know, we've been worried about we were worried going into the week about whether he'd have enough volume touches or even just snaps, you know, to yeah. be relevant this week. And now um Josh McDaniels is probably kicking himself for not starting oh, it's called Jarrett Stidham over Derek Carl's season. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seven for 153 and two touchdowns on 11 targets for Devonta Adams. There was no resting starters in this one. <laughs> right? no. Like Actually, It was only Derek Carr. Yeah, and we saw Josh Jacobs. Did he go out with an injury and come back? Like He did. Yeah, so there weren't resting anybody by any stretch of the word. Exactly. He got banged up, but he came back in. Like They were just like, no, 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 we need you. Yeah, <laughs> you got two games left, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. be and he was just fine. He ended up scoring a touchdown. Like, you know, he caught a few balls. Like, hopefully you didn't get too cute with them, e- either of them this week. Like, I was definitely yeah. a little hesitant to play Josh Jacobs this week um, if I had other decent options. Right. Yep. And like that Ian Rappaport tweet, you know, really threw me off. Right. Oh, because that happens like, every week, though. You know, those tweets that just randomly throw you off like, oh, somebody's getting a start this week and then they get two touches. So it's like, you know. Yeah, it, it was it was it was bad. So you know, if you started either your studs on the Raiders, it worked out. Yeah, it didn't look like that fans that defense was just, that was just shutting everybody down. You know what I'm saying? Like the 49ers defense actually got gashed by Jared Stidham. It's just hilarious. And of course, if anybody's going to going to do it, it's gonna be Devontae Adams. Um, but Josh Jacobs came through also, like you said. I would understand more. You know, if somebody said, oh, I started Josh Jacobs and he didn't, you know, he ended up coming through anyway. Then if somebody said, oh, I didn't start Devontae Adams, you know, right. because Devontae Adams, even as, you know, even with Jared Stidham at quarterback and, you know, all the questions surrounding the Raiders, like you can't ever not start Devontae Adams. You can't bench him, I don't think, in any situation. 
And obviously hindsight's 2020. And we were worried about this going into the week, but I don't think there's ever a situation where you, you bench him if he's healthy. I went up against Daniel Jones this week, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, like we talked about, I might be able to recover that, you know, yeah. from that as long as Joe Burrow has a good game tonight, but Jones threw for two touchdowns. He ran for 91 yards and another two touchdowns on the ground. Looks like he was the streaming quarterback to play this week. And if you were able to, lucky enough to have him in your lineup, you probably won yourself a fantasy championship. Yeah, no, he's, this is the type of game you'll see from him. You know, it's weird. I think he had a stat line just like this at the end of the year in his rookie season against yeah. the Buccaneers. If you remember, that was his first start. He ended up throwing for four touchdowns. He had four total touchdowns, something like this. Right. And it just reminded me of that performance because they they smoked Indianapolis and everybody's smoking Indianapolis nowadays. But, you know, this was really good. It looks like Daniel Jones, and it was Indianapolis, like I said, he could be a starting quarterback. You know, obviously, it looks like they might have plans to bring Daniel Jones back. Um, if this is the type of, I mean, obviously, this was a, you know, high scoring game for him. If this is the type of game that is possible with him paired with the rushing floor that he offers, is he a low end QB1 maybe moving into next season if, you know, the weapons stay relatively the same or maybe they get somebody on the outside, you know, even better for him as a wide receiver? Well, apparently they believe in him because the reports are that they're going to be, they're going to try and work out a deal, a long term deal with Daniel Jones. Right. You know, going into next, going this offseason. Did you so see that's the clip? Be very interesting. Did you see the clip they had of Brian DeBall um, looking at Daniel Jones? Um, what's called coming off the field, going to the sideline. They say, get somebody that loves you like Daniel Jones. Right. It looks at you like Daniel Jones is looked at by Brian DeBall, something like that. Right, like, right, exactly. It yeah. looks like he's, you know, perfectly at home, Brian DeBall, and at peace with the idea of having Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Because maybe he reminds him of Josh Allen Light, you know, because they're both big quarterbacks that can move. You know, obviously he doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen, but I think Brian DeBall can make it work, it looks like. At this point, what if Daniel Jones gets his Stefan Diggs? What happens? That's yeah, right. That's interesting because when did Josh J when did Josh Allen like get to the Break next out. level when he got his true number one wide receiver? Yeah, and that's so the I, one I can see that happening this year. I mean, look at these guys that just look at what happened this week, right? Like, we've been talking about Richie James this week, you know, as yep. the Giants wide receiver to start, right? And he came through. Very solid game, seven for seventy six and a touchdown, right? Yeah. Like these wide receivers, he's he's making do with no name wide receivers this year. Yeah, and that I think partially has to do with coaching, um, but also Daniel Jones also stepping it up and you know taking it to another level. Obviously not Josh Allen, but higher than he has been playing um, in his career. The turnovers are no longer really an issue for Daniel Jones. He's doing a good job protecting the ball, at least compared to what he was at the beginning of his career. But like you said, I think Richie James, like. Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins will be on the team, I think, maybe next year. You know, it looks like they're going to be solid wide receivers. They could get somebody in front of them. They could be good plays, too, in terms of wide receivers, you know, being fantasy relevant next season. There's no reason to think they can't be with Daniel Jones at quarterback because he's obviously comfortable throwing to them. Um, I think you might be onto something, like you said, if he gets someone on the outside or a, a big name receiver, whether that's through the draft or free agency or trade, I'm not sure how they're going to go about it. But with Saquon Barkley still there, if they can lock him down with Daniel Jones, I think low-end QB1, maybe even a solid QB1 next season if, if the offense can take another step forward. And I think that's definitely possible with Brian DeBole at head coach because he's an offensive guy, and I think that he can you know, raise the level of this offense even higher, take it up another notch. 
Hundred percent, and you know we can't you know discount Kafka as well coming over from the Chiefs. Like there, there was a few things that we talked about before this season, right? You know, with with with, with him come with uh, Dable coming over from Buffalo. Like there were a few things that pointed in the direction of Daniel Jones, you know, having a decent year. And you know, this was like the icing on the cake right here in your championship <laughs> yeah. week. Um, Saquon Barkley though did not help you this week at all. No, seven point three PPR fantasy points, absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, the Giants went up and Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell ended up coming in spelling Saquon. So not ideal there. Yeah. Um, hopefully I mean, you were able to overcome that one. But that's not that, that it does kind of suck, though. Yeah, <laughs> no it sucks. It. That's it's not a Saquon Barkley problem. Like you said, it's a game script problem. It's just when the team goes up like that, they're not going to keep the starters, in, especially when they're playing to get in the playoffs. You know, Saquon Barkley, just he, there was no need for him to be on the field. I don't blame the Giants for doing what they did but it's just tough seeing daniel jones go for 36 points and having saquon have seven like you gotta figure something some of those points will be going to saquon even in the receiving game he had negative receiving yardage in this game going back to that 49ers raiders game real quick of course the true number one overall pick our christian mccaffrey (laughs) was going to come through for us no the true 101 okay it was only one true 101 right that was christian mccaffrey 193 yards and a touchdown. And guess who didn't miss one game this year? This injury-prone running back who yeah. did not miss one game this year. Blah, blah, blah. Now finishing as the overall RB2 in fantasy. Okay? So, for all the people who could not fathom to take McCaffrey at number one, he is a huge reason you might be winning your league today. If you had the balls to take him at the one one Yeah, definitely. And the thing is... I think if he had a full season in San Francisco, I think he's easily the one-on-one. You know, obviously he was good on the Panthers, but he didn't have that ceiling. And now he's hitting that ceiling with the 49ers. They have the perfect quarterback for Christian McCaffrey to get it done. And Brock Purdy's no slouch. You know, it's not like he can't throw the ball downfield. We just saw it yesterday. But he's been consistent. He targets the running backs. He's doing everything he needs to do, getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. Christian McCaffrey, obviously the best on that team. Um, Do you think he's a one-on-one next year? I say yes. And I think that's like, uh, flying colors, yes. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's anybody else you could take over him. So I think he's the one on one. That's what we're looking at again next season. Assuming nothing changes, uh, I don't think they're going to draft any running backs or do an- add anybody to that room that's going to take away his touches. Um, even if he doesn't get, you know, a full complement of snaps, um, it seems like he can get it done regardless. So I like Christian McCaffrey next season as a one on one, but definitely this game, talk about coming through. Like he looked really good again. Um, is it any surprise to us now? Yeah, you're definitely living it up if you took Christian McCaffrey this season. Yeah, I feel good because I was I was pounding the table for this, and yeah, you know, I and the the amount of pushback that people have given me over that it was more pushback than anything else. Yeah, that I've but said look, this off season. Look back at this now. I know hindsight's twenty twenty. How stupid? And I'm not saying people <laughs> are stupid, but how stupid do people sound betting on an injury that this guy is going to get injured? You know. That he uh, look, has look been, at Jonathan Taylor. Look yeah. at Jonathan Taylor. He right. was hurt multiple times this year. Yeah. Look at Saquon. Saquon but played yeah. all year. What was the principal argument for people against Chris, Christian McCaffrey? It was the injury history. It's like, yeah. how do you bet on an injury with a guy that's this talented? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you know, it was like, look at the injuries themselves, look a little bit deeper. These weren't catastrophic injuries, they weren't knee injuries, right? They weren't like foot injuries lower body injuries you know hamstring and you know like shoulder and like you know, injuries that you can get over you know what i'm saying so right yeah anyway 
Just wanted to throw, throw that, that out real there. quick. <laughs> I really didn't see this game coming from Brandon Ayuk this week. Nine for one hundred one in touchdown. You know, Brock Purdy, man, two touchdown passes in five straight games now. Uh, I, I didn't see this game script like we were talking about it, right? Like I didn't yeah. think the 49ers would need to throw a whole lot in this game. The Raiders withstood them, like they kept it competitive, and Ayuk went off. Uh, Kittle actually took a little bit of a back seat in this one, right? Not something that I expected either. Right. Uh, he caught that touchdown, but didn't do a whole lot else, right? Um, but yeah, man, you know it goes to show, man. Brandon Ayuk is just a really, really good wide receiver, right? If they get any sort of you know good quarterback play, like. Ayuk is going to get it done. And, they had you know, that, yeah. And, and right now, Brock Purdy, he's just getting it done straight up. That's it. Brock Purdy's in a perfect situation. <laughs> you just look at it like good wide receivers, fantastic running back, very good, very good tight end, good offensive line, fantastic defense. Like it's going to be easier for him in the 49ers offense with the defense that they have there in San Francisco than in any other team. I think for him to do what he's doing, and he's doing exactly what he's being asked to do. Keep in mind, Brock Purdy had. I think it was like 49 passing yards halfway through the second quarter. He didn't throw hardly at all, at least in terms of yardage. And Brandon Ayuk had one catch for like three yards and a touchdown um, going in this like halfway through the second quarter. On the last drive um, to get it tied, to take the lead, it was to take the lead before the game went to overtime. Brandon Ayuk had like four catches for 50 yards. Like that was humongous for his fantasy day. Obviously, he would have been fine otherwise. He was having a good game with Brock Purdy by his own standards because he's been pretty quiet the past couple of weeks since Brandon, not, not Brandon, Brock Purdy has been a quarterback, but he just dialed right into Brandon Ayuk. I think he had four catches on five targets out of six total plays that they ran. So he was dialed into Brandon Ayuk. That he, he can get it done. It looks like Brandon Ayuk's a really good receiver. I'm not sure uh, what the situation is going to be at quarterback for next season, but I think regardless, we have to be interested in Brandon Ayuk, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. You think so? Call, I think so. Okay, okay. Just hypothetical. If Brock Purdy goes to the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if Brock Purdy goes to the Super Bowl, do you think there's questions? Like, maybe we trade Trey Lance? There's <laughs> going to be a ton of off-season questions. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that would be a serious I consideration still think for me. Trey Lance is going to start week one. All right. All right, we'll see. I, I still, There's so I still much to happen in between now and then. I know. There is. But, there is. Yeah. And I, this is the early call. This yeah. is the early call. I, that's probably the safest bet. I mean, yeah. you look at it. Even, just, even if Brock Purdy ends up winning the Super Bowl with them. Okay, my, my pick would change. If Brock Purdy goes, if he goes to the Super Bowl, I think there's a question. <laughs> there's going to be <laughs> questions. He, ain't no doubt about that. I would look at I would look at it like, okay, Trey Lance, obviously we haven't seen a whole lot, but with Brock Purdy, you can just obviously be a Super Bowl contender now. I wonder if we can't get first-round picks for Trey Lance if you go trade him to a team that needs a quarterback. Like Trey Lance is the next one, you know, with like, you know, talking about doubting CMC, talking about doubting Jalen Hurts, talking about doubting A.J. Brown, talking about doubting, doubting all these people. He's the next one. All right. I feel like he's the next one. That where people are just going to count him out and he's going to come through. All right. I don't know. I have the feeling. All right. The number one running back in fantasy football this year, Austin Eckler. Of course, the man of the people. He's going to come through championship week. He was the overall RB1 in championship week as well. The dude has been killing it all year and came through. He knew exactly what he was doing. Right. He's extremely aware of fantasy championship week. Right. He had one of his best games of the season for the people. He put out a post on Instagram like a couple days ago, like early in the weekend, saying that he'll be good to go for the fantasy championship, like with his championship belt in hand. Yeah. So he, he's just the man. 
Like, there's no other player who embraces fantasy football like Austin Eckler. Like, he's literally on a fantasy football podcast every week. So, right. you know, he embraces it, and he comes through. Like, with every touchdown that he scored yesterday, he scored two touchdowns on the ground. He literally, like, is thinking about all the fantasy championships that he's winning people. Right. Yeah, this is like he said it. I put the I put it in the graphic here. He's like the CEO of fantasy football. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like this guy, he's he's fantastic as a player for fantasy football, but also just you know he plays fantasy fo- football. He knows what's going on. He's the anti Miles Sanders, and that's fantastic. You know because he's right. super consistent, <laughs> super good production, and he knows that the fantasy community is relying on him. And giving us the early injury update, you know, like you said earlier in the week, not leaving any doubt he's going to play. And not only that, but coming through, not just one touchdown, but two touchdowns and 100 yards on the ground. That was the second highest yardage total of the season in terms of rushing yards. You know, there's not much more you can ask for out of your running back one um, in Austin Eckler. This was just a great performance. Like you said, it's awesome seeing him succeed because when he succeeds, we succeed, succeed. And he does very well and he's very happy about it. You pretty much summed it up right there. Austin Eckler, he is the man. And this is a three-way uh, three-way timeshare in this game. Like, uh, right. there were three there were three total running backs who got a ton of ton of touches in this game. <laughs> okay, yep. so like he still came through regardless. It didn't even matter. You look at it. Larry Roundtree had ten carries, just as many as Austin Eckler. Yeah, but he, he had absolutely terrible. Yeah, he had, he had how many fewer yards? One hundred seven fewer yards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So not not the crap on Larry Roundtree, but Austin Eckler's that dude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ramondre Stevenson, man. Talk about a guy who got you to the dance, but when you get to the dance, he couldn't come through. He was averaging almost seven targets per game, and then all of a sudden in week 14, that dropped to three targets, three targets, five targets, four targets, and he had a total of 10 receiving yards over the last four weeks. Like, this is what he has... This is how his floor has remained so high all year, the receiving usage, and it literally disappeared over the last four weeks. And this is not something I was expecting at all for him. Uh, You know, also, Damian Harris severely cut into his workload in this game. Uh, It does seem like the workload, you know, throughout the whole season might have caught up to him a little bit. He did talk about that, like, that he is feeling it, you know, all the work, you know, throughout the season. But he's also made some questionable mistakes the last two weeks, right, with the lateral two weeks right. ago to Jacoby Myers, like he could have just went down. Um, and then last week he lost that fumble at the goal line to lose the game against Cleveland. So that wasn't good either. Right. So uh, was it Cleveland or was it Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Was Cincinnati. Was, Cincinnati. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. So not great. So he, no. he just couldn't come through. I mean, he was awesome all year long, 
So, and he probably got you to the playoffs, but hopefully he was able to, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully he was able to, you know, kind of sneak his way through to a championship if you had some other guys come through for you. Yeah. No, nah, it's, I'm not worried about Ronder Stevenson. I think long term, you know, I think next season he's going to be just fine in the with the Patriots. Um, I don't think he's falling out of favor with Bill Belichick or anything. Uh, Damian Harris did come back. Yeah, obviously, it doesn't help when you fumble the game away, you know, and you have questionable mistakes like that. But I don't think this is like any form of punishment. You know, the Patriots were playing pretty comfortably against Miami, especially once Teddy Bridgewater went out. But um, I, I think that this is just, you know, one of the less inspiring uh, storylines at the end of the fantasy season because over the, between weeks five and 11, you know, he had, let's see, one, two, three, four. Okay, between weeks five and 12, five top 10 performances. Since wow. week 13, he has one. And then the rest are lower than RB40, except for one where he finishes RB18 against Buffalo. So it's like, right. this was a terrible fall off. I don't think you saw this coming. I didn't no. see this coming. You know, so why this happened, you can't really be sure, but it looks like it's it's just tough. You know, this is one of the things you can't really project. Um that's just the way it, it fell for Ramondre Stevenson. And like I said, I'm not worried about him next season. Are you worried about next next season? Um, am I worried about him? There's definitely questions in terms of what kind of workload he's going to get. Right? right. Are they going to bring in somebody who is a better pass catcher? Right? Like, will they have somebody to compliment him on later downs? Um, if Ty Montgomery never got hurt early in the season, would he even have gotten this role? Would he even have gotten the opportunity to take over that role? Um not to say that he's not a better pass catcher than Ty Montgomery. That's not the point, right? The point is that, you know, would he even have gotten the opportunity? So I think there's some questions. Um, I'm, is Damien Harris even – I think he's a – is Damien Harris a free agent? I think he's year? a free agent. Yeah. Well, let, me, let, me, let me just confirm that If he was a 2019 pick, he should be a free agent. Which yeah, he's, he he's set to be a free agent. Yeah. So, you know, there is a path for Ramondre to get this, a similar role than he got, than he got this year. Um, you know, Bill Belichick showed no hesitation to give him 90% of snaps in a bunch of games this week, this year. And that never happens, Yeah, you know, with the Bill Belichick running back. So he obviously likes Stevenson, but you know, he couldn't come through when it mattered most, you know, I'm just, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking about the trades that I made in our league. Yeah. Okay. And I traded some studs away, you know, obviously I want studs to in turn also, yep. but the studs that I traded away was Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard. Chris Olave, Juju. All right. Juju might not be a stud. Three of four of them, I'd say, are not studs. Studs. When I think stud, I think like Stefan Diggs. I mean, before the season, you would have said Mike Evans, but you know, even Chris Godwin, I'd say, is a stud. Juju, not so much. Well, when I traded them, they yeah, were I guess they were on a hot streak. Yeah, you could say that. Chris Olave, when I traded him, was probably at his peak. And he was a high, we were, we were, he was being ranked as a high wide receiver too at that time. Right. But my point of me bringing that up is that I got really lucky in terms of Ramondre shit in the bed championship week. Yeah. Tony Pollard, not even playing championship week. Juju shit in the bed championship week. And Chris Olave also, you know, obviously he fizzled out a, a, a big time, right? Yeah. On that offense. So, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, you just got to get lucky, you know? And, a lot of studs didn't come through this week, right? So you could have the best team on paper, but like if they don't come through, 
you know, you can't, you have no control over that. You never know what's going to happen. So yeah. whether you win or lose, there's going to be some sort of luck involved, right? Like this week, you know, I, my opponent had a couple guys who just didn't do well, right? He yeah. had Juju in, in, in his lineup. He had, you know, a couple other guys who didn't come through and, you know, guys I was afraid of, like he had DK Metcalf going up against the Jets. So, you know, a lot of things can happen, you know, that, you know, you're looking at a really good team, but you're like, man, like my guys didn't come through. Right. Yeah. So one guy that did come through for me this week, that was Travis Etienne. Right. right. Uh, once the Jaguars were up, though, that was it for him. <laughs> only yep. 38, only 38% of snaps. He, he did he his work. Gave you what, he did his work. He still gave you what you need. Right. Like 140 yards and only 12 touches. Um, you know, he had that long touchdown, but he could have had like a 35 point game. <laughs> right. If, if yeah. he was, if this game was competitive at all. Yeah. This was interesting for me because the Texans took a bunch of teams down the wire. They went on a streak of taking the Cowboys down the wire in a game they should have won, going against the Chiefs and having a shot against them. It was down to the wire, then beating the Titans outright. I was expecting this to be close, at least yeah. relatively close, um, just because it's a divisional matchup. You know, obviously the Jaguars didn't need this, but it was just a shellacking. <laughs> we we thought this would be a good day for Travis Etienne, and by any rate, it was absolutely could have been bigger against this defense. Um, Snoop Connor had that one touchdown, you know, good for him. But if that would have gone to Travis Etienne, you know, that might have made the difference in some people's leagues. But uh, it absolutely could have and should have been a bigger game, um, for Travis Etienne. It's just it wasn't close at all. So I was a bit disappointed, even though it's probably difficult to be disappointed in the Texans because they're they're pretty low right now. I was a bit disappointed by the performance they put up because they didn't even hang with the Jaguars at all. One thing I did note though. Travis Etienne obviously doing very well is that the Jaguars look really, really good. You know, mm -hmm. they're leaving no doubt at this point in these games that they played these last few weeks. They the way the Titans are playing, the way the Jags are playing, they should be cruising, you know, to a divisional championship at this point. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because like a lot of their guys didn't come through. Like the Jaguars pass catchers, Evan Ingram, you know, nothing. including Evan Ingram, which is which I was kind of surprised about. Like Maybe if this was a more competitive game, they could have got it done. But we knew that Zay Jones and Christian Kirk had tough matchups. So we were off of them this week. Yeah. Um, but I thought Evan Ingram was going to come through because of it, because Houston hasn't been great against tight ends. So I thought he was going to be the target funnel in this game. But they didn't really need to pass it a whole lot. And, you know, also on top of that, like they pulled Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Like, so he wasn't in the game for a big chunk of it. That, that definitely affected that as well. So it kind of sucks that, you know, the Jaguars didn't have a whole lot of reason to keep their starters in once they were up. But, you know, it is what it is. Evan Ingram, he was having a huge year, uh, you know, especially at the end of the year. And then he yep. couldn't come through when it mattered most. Let me ask you about Travis Etienne. Is, that he's, is he somebody that you're going to be targeting next season? I, I think you have to at this point. Because now, I mean, there's no question. Like Coming into the season, we're like, how is James Robinson going to factor into this? You know, obviously he's not on the team anymore. I don't think they're going to draft anybody. It's going to be, you know, enough worth consideration that we have to think twice about Travis Etienne. I'm not taking Travis Etienne as like a high end RB one, right? But I'd take him as an RB one. I could see him sneaking into the first round, you know, especially the way this offense has looked. If they continue to look good in the playoffs, which I think they're going to make, and if they add more weapons, you know, in the draft or something like that, or they get better on the offense, which I'm assuming is going to happen. Doug Peterson has him playing very well. I think Travis Etienne, we're looking at a back-end first-round selection for Travis Etienne. He has a really nice upside. Um, he just needs to see more touches. Obviously, the only thing that was concerning this year was the workload. It wasn't always there. I want to see that he can get that and maintain that over 
you know, a longer span than he did this season. But I think regardless, you know, if you're shooting for upside, if you if you're going to be drafting for upside, which you always are, especially in the first round, Travis Etienne's gonna be an attractive pick. He um, you know, I, I have two concerns with Etienne. The first one is that he's not extremely involved in the pass game. Actually, that is the only concern that I have with him. He wasn't extremely right. involved in the pass game. That was like, you know, three targets a game. He does catch them, right? But like yep. wasn't overly involved in this offense. So that's a little bit concerning. Um you think that can change? Like, I feel like it can. It can, but we have no evidence that it will. That's fair. Right? Yeah, and that, that would be true. my concern. I, I don't think there's one thing that you can point to that yeah. would lead me to believe that he'll get more targets next year. Can it happen? Sure. But yeah. we just won't know why. You know what with I'm saying? Tre- yeah. Um, I guess with Trevor Lawrence, it is a downfield attacking offense. We had a huge sample this year with ETN right. playing 90% of snaps. So if you're on the field for every passing down, you're running around on almost every passing play, you would that is enough for me to say like, okay, you should get targets and he got less than expected. So yeah. not ideal. Um, that, that, but though you, you do say that, you know, if he is on the field and running those routes, there's definitely room for improvement and you can't ever rule that out completely. So if you're taking an optimistic view with it, you know, yeah, his, his catches could go up. His targets could go up. It, it's just, it, it can. Yeah, it can. Yeah. My, my concern is like within a large sample size of you running as many routes as you are, if you're not getting targeted, it's a little concerning for me. Now, I love Etienne because he is an electric playmaker, right? Yeah. Like, did you see him field, on that touchdown? Over. Yeah, he knew like, exactly. Nobody was I, I feel like as soon as he touched the ball, as soon as he got the handoff, he knew because he he hit that hole, boom, out. Yeah, um, he's an explosive playmaker, and that's and and on top of that, being on a probably improved offense next year, yeah, uh, I think he could be an RB one pretty easily. I would assume that he's not going to go in the first round. If I had to guess right now, I would think he's a mid to late second round pick, which I would be ecstatic about that price. I, I have yeah. a feeling that's where his ADP will end up. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that there is room for him to be a high upside RB1 uh, if his pass catching goes up a little bit and if uh, this offense takes a step forward. I wouldn't be surprised if he's top five next year, if he finishes right. top five. Yeah, I, I wouldn't he be ha- either. He has that upside. Yeah, we've been um, saying that all season. Zach, I made another last-minute lineup change in Ooh. our league yesterday. Yeah. Um, I picked up Jamal Williams on waivers because my opponent this week dropped him early on in the week, maybe because of the possibility of the knee injury, right? But also because Jamal hasn't really been doing his thing lately, right? His last big game was in Week 11, uh, but he was off the injury report this week. They were playing the Bears. So I picked him up just in case, right? See if I could want to make a last-minute decision. Uh, so I had the option to throw him in my flex o- over Hollywood Brown. And yep. this is a PPR league, right? So it took some cojones for me. Uh, but, and I'm not even lying, okay? Number one, I saw him dancing pregame. Okay, the NFL <laughs> account on Twitter they yeah. put out a video of Jamal dancing pregame. And I'm just like, yo, this guy looks so relaxed right now. Like, I just feel like he's going to have like a good game. I'm not even joking. Okay. Sometimes this is what this it comes is, down to for fantasy. This is football. my this is my process of like how to figure out what what the tiebreaker is going to be between two guys. Okay. His vibe just captivated me. Okay. <laughs> and you know you, you already know Jamal Williams was one of my favorite players in the NFL, right? Yeah. So, and then number two, Justin Jackson was inactive. So, I'm like, okay, I thought I needed upside because the team I was going up against, like like Richard's team, is a good team, right? So like yeah. I'm like, all right, you know what? Hollywood Brown, how much upside does he really have with Colt McCoy? Uh, I'm sorry, not even with Colt McCoy. With David Blow? 
David, David Bluff is that his name? Like I don't even know how you pronounce it. David name. Blau. He's he's David played like on a bunch of different teams. Started a couple different times. I've never I haven't figured out how to say his last name. David Bling Blau. Bling Blau is David his name. David Bling Bling Blau. Yeah. Okay. Bling Bling Blau. And um, <laughs> so Justin Jackson was inactive. Um, so I thought I needed some upside. And last minute, I pulled Hollywood out of my flex and I put Jamal in. Twenty-two carries for one hundred forty-four yards and a touchdown. That might have been the move that won me my championship. Because it, it if I didn't be. do that, if I didn't do that, going into tonight, it would have been 50-50. You'd be down one point. <laughs> and it so. would come down to Joe Burrow just outright outscoring Joe Mixon. Which, Which still, I like those odds, I would but... have I would have the upper hand there, I think. Yeah. But you never know, right? Joe Mixon could score two touchdowns and You'd be outscore. sweating a lot more than you are right I now. I would be sweating, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's funny, too, because Jamal Williams had that type of game and DeAndre Swift got it done, too. You know, know. just hilarious i couldn't believe that just i mean okay maybe i could have believed it but you know you talk about the way he scored those points which you can get into um it is pretty insane as far as you know logistically how much he was on the field and the amount of points he put up we talked about you know how good travis Etienne looks when he gets the ball yeah no one looks as good with the ball in their hands more than deandre swift like no he looks so good like when he gets the ball in his hands like he's like butter out there dude like the game just seems so easy for him um he scored 27 PPR fantasy points on only 35% of snaps. He's like the ridiculous. only running back in the league where that's possible. And I, and I checked, by the way. Only Jerick McKinnon is above him in fantasy points per touch this season. Right. Like, and this is why it makes me so upset to see them use him the way that they do. <laughs> Obviously, he produced despite the workload that he had this week. But he just looks so good with the ball in his hands. I can't believe they don't use him more than they do. DeAndre Swift deserves a higher workload and obviously jamal williams is good yes he had 22 carries jamal williams is worthy of that workload but deandre swift you just have to get him the ball more like what and obviously he was inactive in this game justin jackson should be an afterthought when you have these two guys in the backfield like why are you giving justin jackson touches at this point obviously it didn't happen this game deandre swift came through for you in your championship if you needed it but you know just the way that he produced like you said he hardly played and he did this good could you imagine if he got like 70% 70% of snaps. <laughs> like, what <laughs> right, would we be right. looking at in fantasy football? This would be a monster of a running back. You know, I think even better, like rivaling Austin Eckler, rivaling Christian McCaffrey at this point. 100%. He, he stays healthy. Like DeAndre Swift is just ridiculous. And I put it in the graphic here. He's smooth like butter, like you said. Yeah, he really is, man. You know, and it's one of those. Th- now, he's going to be one of the biggest conundrums in drafts next year. Oh, yeah. You want right? to talk it's about like, upside? You want to talk about a floor? I think that's going to be a really big it's discussion. Like, it's like, what do you do, right? It's almost impossible to to uh, to figure out what they're going to do with Swift because you could chalk it up to injury this year, but he's been he's been fine. He hasn't been on the injury report, yeah. You know, and and it's it's tough, man. Like, it's tough to figure out because no matter who is on the field, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not like if Jamal Williams is off, you know, hurt or something like that. You're like, oh, okay, DeAndre Swift is going to get all the work, like. Okay, you you don't know that, <laughs> right? No. Um, also, it's worth noting that Jamal Williams is going to be a free agent. He's set to be a free agent this this offseason. So, yep. DeAndre Swift, you know, we'll see. It really it, depends on what the that running back room looks like going yep. into next year. You know, there's going to be so much at play for DeAndre Swift. Like you said, it's not just injuries; it's the way he was used. Jamal Williams may or may not be there. The people around him, you know, we've seen the production. With very minimal snaps, we've seen him go up in snaps and not perform as well. Like, this is a true ceiling floor pick. I don't know. Like, I feel like DeAndre Swift at this point going into next season is a guy I'm only taking 
if he drops far enough. You know, like I don't I know how you. much I trust. I it's a risk, now, man. Yeah, it's a risk. I, I want to trust him because I'm a big DeAndre Swift guy. You know, I was pretty much this whole season, but I I don't know if I could justify him even in the second round. I feel like that's a big risk, and it could pay off, but it could also come back to bite you. Yeah, I don't think he's going in the second after this no. year. I, I I don't see it. I think um, he was going in the second. I think just this past season. Oh yeah, yeah. This season, I feel like it, it, going into the season, I think it was well, very justified. It was warranted. I would say. Yeah, because of how he was used the week bef- the year before. Um, but yeah, and it's funny because at the end of the day, like it wasn't injuries at the end of the year that limited him, or maybe right. it was that we don't know of. I don't know. We still don't know. But anyway, yeah, I don't, so I don't he understand was, how he would only get like six carries a game, like he was getting. But you know, so he was number two in fantasy points per touch this year. Number one was Jarek McKinnon. Okay, yeah, and McKinnon was literally was he the best late season waiver wire pickup? Yeah, by a mile, right? <laughs> I don't think Pretty it's much. a question at this point. Like, my guy had seven touches in this game, <laughs> but scored yeah. two touchdowns through the air. And by the way, since week fourteen, he's the overall RB one yep. in PPR. And that's all pretty much via passing, you know, catching passes. Like, that's it. You know, Jerk McKinnon, this is a guy that wasn't on rosters, like you said, like week 12. Like, nobody really had him. You were starting him maybe, you know, just in a bad spot. But since then, he's a touchdown machine. You know, I don't know what the heck happened. Patrick Mahomes just suddenly dialing into him. But, you know, it was another close game against the Broncos. So they had to keep their foot on the pedal. And that was good news for Jerick McKinnon. But... It doesn't look like it matters whether Jerk McKinnon gets 10 targets and eight catches or three targets and two catches. Like he's liable to score a touchdown pretty much every time. He's scoring a ton of points on not a whole lot of work. You know, you look at it, he had what? Was it seven touches mm-hmm. on eight? Yeah. Two touchdowns on that. He's a touchdown machine. He is the waiver wire pickup, obviously, of the season, I think, at this point. I mean, you could maybe make a case for a guy like Kenneth Walker, but like in the circumstances that you're probably going into, you know, especially with the fantasy playoffs it started week 14 or 15 right like right. this is a guy that has been doing it for you ever since you picked him up and hopefully you got your hands on him when you picked him up you probably didn't feel like it was a big steal i mean unless you got him after that 30 point the first 30 of two 30 point performances i picked him up before that it didn't really feel like much of a steal but um right. he, he's been getting it done it looks great like i'm not sure how much we can trust him next season but he's doing his thing this season that's all that matters i can't wait to see who the chiefs draft at running back this year yeah, that's going to be exciting to see, uh, and he's going to be overdrafted, of course. Is there um, anybody that you're eyeing up that you think would be an ideal fit, maybe coming out of this? Not draft? yet, not yet, because I haven't really gone in yet on, on these. That's fair. On, on these running backs just yet, but I cannot wait to do that. That's like my favorite thing to do. I yeah. love looking at these prospects, and then you know, sizing them up and figuring out where they fit and like what their skill set is. And honestly, man, the last two years, I think I've done a pretty good job in terms of valuing these guys. Like a lot of the, lot of the running back sleepers who I, you know, kind of picked out, like a lot of them been coming through, man. And when they get opportunity, they've been doing their thing. So I'm I think, looking forward to doing it again. I think one of those guys was Tyler Algier, right? I it think was. you had him as a sleeper. So there you go. You can hit on that one because he had another good week this week. Hell yeah, man. Um, now we have a two two week sample size of him being the lead back for the Falcons, right? Twenty for eighty three in this game and a touchdown. I want to know what his price is going to be like next year. Like, I'm really curious of where he's going to land. Like, I would think it's going to be in the middle rounds. Um, yep. but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Cordell Patterson, like most likely, will be back next year. 
Um, I was looking at his salary, $3.75 million in dead cap if they cut him, but his salary is only four point two five. So I don't think it would really make much sense to cut him, in my opinion. But um, right. yeah, Algier was one of my sleeper running backs in this class. Um, one of the reasons why I liked him is because last year, you know, high highest yards after contact per attempt. And guess what? Among all running backs, rookie running backs this year, Algier has the highest yards after contact per attempt among all these this year's rookie running backs, including Kenneth Walker, including, you know, actually, so Brees Hall, if he had 100 rushing attempts, maybe he would have eclipsed yeah. that. But um, don't he only forget had, about Brees Hall. Yeah, no, he 70, yeah. 70 rushing attempts. You know, it's, you know what kind of sucks, though, with, with the Brees Hall situation? I'm honestly going to be avoiding him next year. Do you think because Donovan Knight has because, carved out a role? No, 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 no. It's it's all because of the ACL. Oh, okay. It's all because yeah. of the ACL. The year after ACL injuries, I just learned to just avoid these running backs. And as much as I love Brees Hall, dude, you know, yeah. especially as guy on your team too. You know, yeah. Saying? I mean, we, we we've seen this story before with a lot of good running backs. The year after ACL, it's just like I'm just Saquon. avoiding. Yeah, Saquon, mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins. You know, it's it's just. You know, we were avoiding J.K. Dobbins this year for a reason. And, you know, there was multiple reasons for that Yeah. Uh, besides the ACL with J.K. Dobbins. But even with Saquon, I was high on Saquon the year after his ACL because I just thought he was a freak. Yeah. But if someone like Saquon isn't going to be able to do it, I just feel like the only person who was ever able to do it was was uh, uh, Adrian Peterson, right? And yeah. that's like a sample size of one the year after having a monster year. So, yeah, I think Brees Hall is going to end up being drafted high I think, unfortunately, I think I'm going to avoid for yeah. redraft, obviously. And to go back, obviously, we're talking about Brees Hall. I'll get back to that. But Tyler Alger, kind of just hitting on him real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, like you said, he'll be a later round running back. I think he's going to be a dead zone running back. And he's kind of going to remind me. I can see it. Not, obviously, not the situation of J.K. Dobbins. It's not like he's coming off an injury at this point. But I could see him being valued the same way. You know, kind of like a mid, RB, low RB2 with upside you know maybe he's good maybe he's not but if Cordero Patterson's still there I'm not super excited about his upside so I, I think he's gonna fall in the dead zone and you might be able to get away with taking him he might be a value um obviously we'll see how the offense looks going into next season um the offensive line did get better in Atlanta but with Brees Hall yeah it sucks because I actually forgot about Brees Hall until you just mentioned him um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to be targeting him either he's not gonna be like you know like I have a pinpoint on him. Like, I want to pick up Brees Hall. You know, that's the way it's going to be. We saw J.K. Dobbins. He was supposed to be ready, I think, for the beginning of the season. And then his recovery didn't go as good as it could have been. You know, he ended up coming back really late. We got to see, even if Brees Hall does make a full recovery, you know, there's a chance that he might not be ready for the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So there's all that risk baked into it. That's going to cause his price to drop. Um, at the right price, he might end up being a value. But do you think his ceiling is, like, relatively low it's he's not going to be close to what he was doing this season i would say so i i I think i don't know if it's relatively low but i would say that it's not as high as as what his ceiling could be you know um i I don't think he has top five upside you know and if i'm going to be drafting a running back in like the top two or three rounds like i want them to have top five upside all right so you're not taking a wide receiver yeah so you don't think he has top five you know season long upside but like a weekly not not next year i don't Okay. Do you think he would yeah, have weekly? Top... Of course. Of I guess course. you could. I guess you could yeah. say that for anybody. I mean, uh, uh, Jerry McKinnon, but... you know, <laughs> is hitting like top five, like every case week. in point. Yeah. I, you I know. Um, but yeah, no. It's it's if if Brees Hall, like, just seeing what he did in this limited sample size this year and what kind of prospect he was, if he didn't have an ACL injury, he would be a mid, 
first round pick for me in fantasy yeah. if he didn't tear his ACL. I think so. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, and you mentioned J.K. Dobbins. He just had his first game over 15 carries. Woo! Woo! J.K. Dobbins, 17 just carries last night. the new year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gus Edwards only had three. So that's interesting usage there. That's, a, that's the biggest disparity I've ever seen between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. I think Edwards was healthy. It didn't seem yeah. like it was any situation where he was hurt or anything. So I wonder if the Ravens are going to lean on Dobbins next season. So, you know, if the Bengals lose to the Bills tonight, then the Ravens and Bengals are going to play for the division next week. And that's going to be a game where they have to win, obviously. So we'll see if the Ravens, uh, if they, like what kind of split will be between Dobbins and Edwards next yeah. week, right? So that's going to be huge. I feel like, these two games is going to be an interesting sample size to kind of evaluate J.K. Dobbins for next season. Right? Yeah. So I'll be looking out for that a little bit. It's definitely encouraging to see him, you know, obviously break that 15 carry threshold, but also, you know, out touch Gus Edwards the way that he did. And he didn't look bad doing it. You know, obviously 17 for 93 isn't, woo, you're not sounding an alarm for that. He didn't score. He, he ended up with 9.3 points, which is, you know, equivalent to those 93 yards. He didn't have any work in the passing game. Can't really expect that at this point from the Ravens offense. But, um, yeah, he's intriguing for next season. You know, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be targeting him just like I haven't been the past couple of years, obviously for different reasons. But um, he could have, he has decent enough upside um, that he could be, a, like we said, low, mid RB2. And he has high RB2 potential, I think, weekly. Obviously, it's way too early to project. But this is much more encouraging seeing him outsnap Gus Edwards the way he, he did, especially with the way they've employed, you know, a complete platoon at running back this whole season. It looks like he might be starting to get a little bit more of a grip on this backfield. Gus Edwards is going to be on the Ravens next year. Okay. He's under contract until 2024. Number one. Number two, uh, you know, I think, you know, so Jacob Dobbins is going to be one year removed from the ACL injury. So that's yep. good. Right. That's a positive. That's what you want. And then if he has a big disparity in touches next week against the Bengals, something to keep an eye on. I think that's something that's a positive for him because all I want to see is willingness from John Harbaugh to give him all the work. Right. You know, that's because otherwise the ceiling is capped. Does that so we'll cate- does that fall in that category? Last night's performance of him willing to it, give him all the work? Yeah, it, it, it does. Uh, but I want to see more than one game sample. Right. That, you know? That's true. If I see two in these must win games, then that, that tells me something. Now, yep. am I going to completely depend on a two game sample size? Uh, I don't know. Let, let's see. Like if they make the playoffs, if they do end up beating Cincinnati, somehow <laughs> next week, um, then, you know, there is a chance that they have a playoff. Well, actually, no, the Ravens are locked. No they had, they yeah. clinched. Yeah. So we, we have a chance to see a three-game sample size now. Yeah. That's yeah. why at I least, uh, At least a two. I said that a couple of weeks ago. I said, like, how have the Ravens clinched already? Like, the way they've been playing. Like, it's just, and they have a chance to win the AFC North, which yeah, is absolutely I, insane. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Lamar's been hurt, but the offense as a whole has just not been good. So it's just like watching their games has been such, you know, it's been almost torture. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand how they're even 10 and 6. You know, this feels more like an 8 and 8 team. The Lions feel like they should be 10 and 6, but obviously they had that rough start. It's been bad, but of course, Mark Andrews is going to come through in week 17. 
of course. course, right? Yeah, he had he had his first hundred yard game since week six. Uh, first game above sixty three receiving yards since week eleven. His first game with at least six catches since week eleven, and his first top five finish since week six. And of course, w- the week when people are thinking about benching him, and I'm sure a lot of people did for whoever. Yep, he comes through with a decent day. He didn't score a touchdown, so he didn't have a monster day, but he had a decent enough day where he caught a bunch of passes for 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, remember, we we, we pretty much replaced Mark Andrews with Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah. And Evan Ingram had a terrible week. So, of course, it's not like you could project that. Obviously, that's what we're trying to do with the rankings every week. But, of course, like you said, Mark Andrews comes through this week with 100 yards. I, uh, there's not much to say about this. You know, of course, that's the only thing you can say. Of course, I've said that like five times. Um, there's no reason to think this is going to continue. Uh, I, I don't think, at least this season. I'm ex- I'm not fading him next season. I think Mark Andrews can get back to being who he is. He, he he's probably going to be a value next year. Yeah, he absolutely could be. But the thing is, all tight ends outside of Travis Kelsey are going to be a value. And honestly, I agree. I wasn't big on tight ends early in drafts going into this season, but the way that they played this season, oh my god. I don't want to see any tight ends outside of Travis Kelsey going maybe in the first three rounds. You know, I would leave tight ends off the table until then because it seems like you're a better shot at picking up upside late in drafts than you do trying to shoot for a guy like Kyle Pitts or taking Mark Andrews this season. You know, none of these guys are consistent enough to be drafted up there with Kelsey, and there's no reason to be taking them over other receivers who have a lot more upside too because there's always talent at receiver. So for me, tight ends are being faded next season. 100 percent um at least at a high price Every, yeah. the price is right for the price can be right for any player where they become a value and that's like one of the rules of fantasy football but just tight ends i don't see the positional I, I, value weighing up i i can't wait at, at least with the tight end crop that we have right now yeah right that's what it comes down to is the tight end crop that we have right now but i'm curious to see how much these prices get get deflated next year because i'm sure there's going to be some values that we could pick out for oh, sure yeah. Um, I'm just glad I was fading Mark Andrews pretty heavily this year. I was pretty at, uh, <laughs> I was pretty loud about it too. A lot of people didn't understand that one. Yeah. Um, and I and I it didn't really you know it was Tyler Hunt. It was like Lamar Jackson wasn't even targeting him a whole lot. But you know, in the beginning of the year with Mar- with Lamar, he was just fine this year. So that that was not looking good for me early on. But right later on in the season, he didn't come through. But at the end of the day, Mark Andrews came through in Week 17 when you needed it if you started him. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. And the, um, the other yeah. thing about Mark Andrews, you know, you figure obviously they have Rashad Bateman and a lot of people have Rashad Bateman as their breakout, but he got injured and, you know, he missed pretty much all the season essentially where he was an afterthought. You have to figure, okay, Rashad Bateman goes down. Lamar Jackson's still your quarterback. You should be having big games, right? As like the lone pass catcher and someone that obviously has rapport with Lamar Jackson and that never happened. So it's like, yeah. how do we move forward from this? Like, does he have that type of upside anymore? Like he hasn't shown it all season since week six. And that seems to be the key, you know, obviously all of these firsts since week six. Um, and it, it was an all right day. He had a hundred yards receiving, but still no score. It, it was just disappointing this season. I don't know how I feel about Mark Andrews. Left a sour taste in my mouth moving forward. So I, we'll see where he goes. Um, I don't want to draft him high. I hear that, man. Um, let's see. As good of a matchup Aaron Rodgers and his wide receivers had, None yep. of the Packers wide receivers came through. As a matter of fact, everyone that you needed to come through in this game didn't. You see this matchup and you're like, this has a ton of fantasy points written all over it. Yep. Nope. 
The Packers were up all game. They had a pick six. They had a special teams return touchdown. Uh, the game script was absolutely terrible for these wide receivers. Christian Watson, one catch for 11 yards. Absolutely brutal in yeah. an amazing spot. Uh, you know, you run this simulation 100 times, 80 times, you probably have a much more competitive game, right? Yeah. Dalvin Cook also suffered because of the game script as well. Ended up with only nine carries with Green Bay going up early. And then Justin Jefferson. That's the biggest right? thing for me, yeah. One catch for 15 yards. Jair Alexander followed him on 65% of his routes and basically shut him down. He did yeah. the gritty after one of the incompletions, and that was really early in the game. And I was, was like, oh. quarter, yeah. I was like, I was like, uh oh. But he backed up his talk, man. And he backed up the early trash talk and he backed up the early gritty. And he single handedly might have crushed a ton of fantasy championships. Yeah. I mean, it didn't help that Kirk Cousins was not playing well either. You know, obviously, it was just a rough game for the whole Vikings team overall. Um, you look at the box score, not the box score, but you look so much at the way that the score was for the game. 41-17, you think, okay, this has to be pretty high scoring, like you said, for the Packers. Now, I don't think anybody had over 20 points. Nobody had over 18 points, I don't think. Aaron Rodgers ended up with 16. He only threw for one touchdown. He ran a touchdown in. Aaron Jones had 111 empty yards. You know, no touchdowns for him. A.J. Dillon, of course, scores that touchdown. Like, all the guys, like you said, that were supposed to do well didn't. Robert Tunyon had a touchdown. Like, what's he doing getting the touchdown over Christian <laughs> Watson? It makes no sense. Um, the Packers defense was obviously the start of the day. It gave them short fields. They didn't have to do a whole lot. It seemed like every time I was checking back on this game, the Packers were in the red zone. Like they're right. about to punch a touchdown in. I tune away for five minutes, come back. Oh, you know, they're back in the red zone. They're about to put another um, touchdown in. It was just a rough game for the Vikings overall. But the biggest thing for me, like I said, Justin Jefferson having only one catch for 15 yards. Like, I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson at all, but this is just terrible. You know, that was bad, man. You got to feel bad if you're Justin Jefferson. I mean, obviously, he's probably not thinking like Austin Eckler did, but like you got trash talk during the week, you got gritted on during the game, and you had nothing to say about it. <laughs> he was Kirk mad, Cousins. dude. He yeah. was so upset, man. He almost he almost took a ref out. Yeah, did you see he almost Miles Garrett the ref? Like that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> he caught him on the shoulder. It was close. It didn't look good, uh, dude. But. Dude, that, yeah. that could have been really bad for yeah. Justin Jefferson right there. It was a bad right. look, man. He was extremely frustrated the entire game. And he was pissed when Jairo was doing the gritty. He was, yeah. like, complaining to the ref. He's like, look, look, look. He's taunting. He's taunting. Yeah. But, no, nah, he, he he did it walking that's, away from him, so he got away with it. That's the kind of stuff I would let go as a ref. You know, like, this is yeah. what people come to see. You know what this I'm saying? This is the popcorn right here, man. Get yeah. your popcorn ready, man. That's what it was. So. I I thought Pro props to Jerry Alexander because he was being shit on this week for his comments. Yeah, by right? me too. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, me no. too. Me too. I was. Oh, yeah, 100%. He I, said I it was, was a fluke. And yeah. we're like, all right, well, I think I saw it on, I said it on the podcast, right? I said, well, okay, well, are you going to shadow him now? And he yeah. did. Yeah. And he no, okay. Down. So Jair Alexander, he had a very good game. Um, I think this season still, he's a bit overrated. But this game, I called him overrated overall, you know. Shut me right up. So that was a good game by Jair Alexander, but just too bad for the uh, fantasy players um, out there. You know, us especially. We want, we want to yeah. see Justin Jefferson do his thing. He didn't. Um, but Jair, Jair Alexander's defense, they did score a lot of points if you play team fans, team defense and fantasy. So yep. That's <laughs> that true, was the story of the day. So, yeah, I was going up against A.J. Brown this week, right? Uh, he was being Ouch. shut down the entire game. And then all of a sudden he has that 70 yard, 78 yard catch and run touchdown. That's really all he did all game. 
right? Yep. Like he was he he pretty much had like one two points like coming up to that like at the end of the third quarter, yeah. And he still ended up coming through with a twenty point performance in PPR, uh, and and that's why like AJ Brown is the man. Yeah. And, and by the and by the way, uh, do you remember before the season when no one wanted to believe me when I said that AJ Brown would be a wide receiver one yeah. on the Eagles? Oh, yeah. And that this move to the Eagles was actually good for him. It didn't really work out for all those people, right? Yeah. And he he's actually finished as the overall wide receiver five on the year. Let's see what Stefan Diggs does tonight, right? But yeah. and, and Jamar Chase. But as of right now, the overall wide receiver five on the year. Doesn't matter. He's going to finish, finish as a wide receiver one. Easily. Solid wide receiver one. Even if he falls yeah. two spots. Wide receiver seven on the year. Absolutely. And then Devontae Smith, too. I think he's a wide receiver nine right now. Like, right. And that's the, a, a lot of this, you know, credit. You know, a lot of people, the reason they were, you know, hesitant about A.J. Brown was because Jalen Hurts. We wanted to see if he was going to take that next step as a passer. And he absolutely did. And that's the kind of return you get when your passer, you know, ascends to another level as far as, you know, his passing and just the offense overall goes. Um, A.J. Brown had a big, big season this season. Uh, obviously, it should have been a quieter day for A.J. Brown, but he did luck out with that touchdown. Um, outside of that, that was one of those fluke touchdowns. Gardner Minshew didn't look at all like he did last week. Like, I don't know where this performance came from. I was genuinely surprised. I was hoping, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, that the Eagles would lose. They did. Um, the Saints, they just played well in defense. A.J. Brown got his touchdown. That's all you can really say about, about this one. Um, he salvaged the day. That's how this game went otherwise if he didn't have that touchdown you know it's one play it would be a fantasy dud in the championship round but that's why you got you want guys like aj brown you know you want guys like like tyreek hill jabbar chase justin jefferson the guys that could change it all on just one play right that's it man that's what it comes down to um carson wentz yeah. absolutely terrible <laughs> against the browns we're gonna go it looks like AJ ron rivera brown, carson wentz Ew. sorry man bad transition there <laughs> <laughs> Ron Rivera made the wrong decision here, man. And it probably cost that team a playoff spot. And you add the fact that Rivera didn't know that they could get eliminated with the Packers winning. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, like, wait, they could be he, eliminated? It could cost them a playoff spot? <laughs> <laughs> He's getting fired after next week. Uh, and, you have to you imagine. Know, because, of, because of that decision, you know, none of the commanders wide receivers came through either. No. But you look at it. Jahan Dawson, he got the target share. <laughs> Obviously, Curtis Samuel was quiet, but... Terry McLaurin was out-targeted by Jahan Dotson, and that was one of the more predictable things. You know, with Carson Wentz, our quarterback, we said that would happen. Outside of that one drive, they went 21 plays and ended up with Carson Wentz score a touchdown on the ground. If Carson Wentz didn't have that touchdown on the ground, oh, my goodness, that would just be a terrible, terrible fantasy performance. It was bad anyway. You know, I started but, him. Yeah. I started him in a Superflex League over Ugh. Beth Jones, and I was, feeling like, I was feeling really bad about okay, that. Okay, well, listen. If he, if he didn't score that touchdown... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been bad. Does anyone blame you, you know, of starting Carson Wentz over Mac Jones if you're looking for upside in a championship round? If that's the situation you're in, I, I, I put Carson Wentz in too. So yeah. I don't blame you. The other thing in this game, Brian Robinson, we said he was a really good start this week. Um, 24 carries for 87 yards. That's what they call empty calories, folks. Like we just saw that, you know, I forget who it was. Aaron Jones had 111 yards in empty yep. calories. Um, that's the kind of thing that'll kill you because you'll look at it. He'll get 24 carries and 87 yards like he did. No touchdowns. It leaves you with single-digit fantasy performance. Point performance. Um, he didn't have any receiving work. That all went to Jonathan Williams, which why are they doing that? I don't know. Um, I know what's his name. Antonio Gibson was out, but Brian Robinson, a lot of a lot of people were high on him this week, including us. 
including I know Steve over at Fancy Guys. You know, he yep. just could put up. But, a but I'll say this though. I'll say this though. Um, everybody was talking about Antonio Gibson being out, and then that's why they like Brian Robinson. And and I did not agree with that at all. You like, looked at I the matchup. I was right. high on Brian Robinson coming into the week, and I did not think his role was going to change at all, even if Antonio Gibson played. Like, I think it would have been the same result. He probably now, would have got his 24 carries, yeah. I, I think 20 so. 20 plus, I, yeah. Because the lead, the games leading up to this, Antonio Gibson wasn't that involved in the rushing game anyway. And we saw Brian Robinson get 20 plus carries even with Gibson on the field. Right. So I did not expect him to get the receiving work. I didn't expect him to get any more of a snap share or anything like that. Um, but the fact that he got this with the with the with Washington being down all game, <laughs> and right. like, trying to catch up was a miracle to me. Um, so imagine if the the game script was like okay, like imagine if this was like a close game, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, it kind of was a close game, you know, for a lot of it, and then Deshaun Watson kind of came back, and Mari Cooper getting it done, two touchdowns on like three catches, right, yeah. in this game, in an Very away game, characteristic, by the way, yeah. What the heck's that about? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah, interesting. Kind of, it, it does suck. With Brian Robinson, does this tell you all you need to know? You know, obviously you were not, you weren't super high on Brian Robinson coming into the season. I don't think yeah. you've moved much higher on Brian Robinson. Does this tell you all you need to know about his fantasy ceiling and value? Is he just a volume play forever and ever? Because he was not efficient at all. And he hasn't been yeah. all season. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he got a little bit better in terms of efficiency, but I, I'm not a big Brian Robinson guy. I think he's really good in short yardage. I think that's his strong suit. Um, yeah. I, that's what I thought coming into this into the NFL, and it still is. I think I, if I were them, I would bring in a compliment. You know, I I still think this is going to be. Well, you never know who the who the coach is going to be. Remember, this is somebody that this coaching staff drafted, right, yep. Brian Robinson. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to. Uh, you know, who's going to come in uh, as the next kind of coach? And do they want somebody else as their running back, somebody a little bit more dynamic, somebody who could potentially catch the ball in the backfield? Uh, oh, yeah, they have somebody, Antonio Gibson. Oh, yeah, that Forgot guy. about him. Forgot about him. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, he was on his way to a huge day. He didn't do anything at all after the first quarter, though. Like, he did all his fantasy work in the first quarter. This yeah. man needs a true number one wide receiver. Darnell Mooney, you know, he's going to be fully recovered from his ankle injury, uh, but he's better suited as like a really good number number two wide receiver. And I think once that happens, I think Justin Fields can reach serious heights next year. Yeah, look at what – okay, so we just talked about obviously Daniel – not Daniel Jones, but, you know, we said, what if Daniel Jones gets his Stephon Diggs like Josh Allen did? Well, what if Justin Fields gets his A.J. Brown like Jalen Hurts did? Like same right. situation, same thing going on here. Obviously, they have strides to take too, obviously on defense and as a team. But in terms of fantasy, just get him a wide receiver one because we, we knew Darnell Moody is good, but we all know that he's, you know, best suited to be a strong wide receiver too. And that's nothing against him, but he's a little bit smaller. You know, he's not a guy that's going to go high point the ball. You know, he's a very good complimentary receiver, but he's not going to be an alpha like other guys. So I think go get him a wide receiver um, in this draft. If Yeah, they have a high pick, right? Or they didn't trade that away, did they? I don't know. I don't know where they're drafting, but there's also guys in the market <laughs> that they can go get to. I, I don't keep Bears information, you know, just here on my screen. You know, my actually, iPad. yeah, they are. Are they? Are they number two? I think they have the number two pick. Or they have number, yeah, number two behind the Texans. The Texans. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there were a lot of trades, so don't scream at me for not knowing. <laughs> there are a lot of trades. Yeah, that, yeah they're they're at number around. two right now. So yeah. no one's going to invest. I don't think that high in, in receiver. Um, do you think they're trade back candidates? I mean, I, if they do that, they could do that. 
they can make. They actually happen. have a chance. They actually have a chance of. Uh, so if they lose next week and the Texans win, they could go to number one. T- t- they can go to number one. The Texans better not lose this game, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. They better not win, win. this game. Yeah, they're in. The, they're they can take. I mean, I'm assuming they're gonna take Bryce Young. I don't know. CJ Stroud looked really good. You know, obviously. That's true. We forgot yeah. that there's a lot to talk about in those games, too, but this isn't a college football podcast. We'll get to them no. over the course of the offseason. But, yeah, I mean, I, they want to have their pick, the, te- the Texans, but I think the Bears, you know, they have their quarterback and a quarterback and edge rusher, um, uh, what's it called, heavy draft, which it looks like that's what's going to be. Like, maybe they trade back. I don't know. I don't know if they like any receivers enough to do that. But uh, you- uh, There's no way. They're definitely taking a quarterback at one. I can't imagine. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the Bears. Oh, he's on the you know, so in sorry. a quarter, yeah, in a yeah. quarterback and edge heavy draft, like obviously they could go yeah. for an edge. They could go obviously if the uh, if no when the Texans take a quarterback, you know, um, Will Anderson is going to be there. Jalen Carter is going to be there. Guys that they yeah. could plug in on their line, they might go there too, just because they're studs. But you know, the Bears they have options. They have plenty of ways to go get a wide receiver. One, I'm not sure if they're going to get one. Maybe this year they might go quantity over quality. Hopefully not. Um, but if Justin Fields gets a strong wide receiver back to the point that we were making he could see a Jalen Hurts type of jump and and that would be more towards consistency where we've seen the ceiling you know this season obviously even without pass catchers for sure and just a quick note on that backfield uh Khalil Herbert uh you know he him being back definitely a fight to David Montgomery the opportunities was split eight to five this week not great either way even if David Montgomery had 13 opportunities he probably still wouldn't have been able to get it done yeah um, but, you know, I'm expecting a split backfield in 2023. So I'm not going to be high on David Montgomery going into next season. I've seen enough where the, it's possible that they just continue to ride uh, two backs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's okay. So Cam Akers, man, like what are we thinking about Cam Akers finish to the season? You know, he didn't score in this game, but 23 for 118 last week, 19 for 123 this week. You know, albeit against the Broncos and the Chargers, you know, two not so great run defenses. You know, he gets Seattle next week, so another soft run defense. He could get it done next week, too. You know, are we going to see a resurgence from Cam Akers next year, right? Like, is he the guy the Rams Rams are going to ride? Um, if they don't draft anyone relatively early, I'm, I'm assuming Akers is going to be the dude. Yeah, I think he's a candidate to kind of bounce back. And I'm not saying he's going to be a humongous bounce back. But just a return to solid fantasy relevance, I think, is on the table, definitely. Even if they draft somebody, I don't know. It looks like they're leaning on him a little bit more. It might just be because they're depleted because, you know, it's a lost season. But this was a guy we were talking about, and they were talking about featuring heavily in the offense, you know, coming off the heels of that Super Bowl win. And obviously things haven't gone well for the Rams since then. But I look at Cam Akers, the way he's playing, he's definitely played himself back into consideration where five weeks ago, I mean, we weren't sure what his NFL future was going to be. You know, so we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, And the Rams weren't sure either. Yeah, Rams trying thing. to get rid of him. Actively trying to get rid of him. Well, not only that, he was coming off the injury, right? Um, he he was coming off the injury. He had obviously that injury that was bad. It ruined his season last season. There was a lot of hype. He came out with com- just dud after dud after dud. And now these past few weeks, he's gone over thirteen points in four or five weeks in terms of fantasy performances, and he scored six touchdowns over the last five. He looks like he can do it for the Rams. You know, if they get all their players back, Cooper Cup maybe will come back. Um, we'll see how he does coming off the injury. Matthew Stafford, if he plays well enough, um, you know, they just start looking like the Rams again. Maybe we're looking at a value because I think even if he has another fantastic game at the end of the season, his value is going to be severely deflated next season. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting. We'll see what that depth chart looks like going into next year. Um, all right, so let's try to wrap this up real quick. So a couple of guys, you know, couldn't get it done, man. I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, didn't really show that ceiling over the last couple of weeks. Um, right. You know, Jared Goff and, and those these play calls, man, all about these random tight ends scoring. You know, like five yeah. touchdowns to like random tight ends over the last two weeks. Um, you know, Three to Shane for last week and two to Brock Wright this week. <laughs> it's crazy, about. dude. Um, but hopefully you were able to overcome Amon Ra. This was his lowest yardage total since week nine. Yeah. Crazy. He didn't even leave you hanging. You know, he still no. put up 10 points. I mean, that's yeah. not a whole lot, but it's not leaving you hanging. Like, I don't know who, who Garrett Wilson. Him? Yeah. Garrett uh, Wilson. You know, yeah. Not being able to come through like the Seahawks have been very, very good against wide receivers. I really thought that Garrett Wilson, you know, would be able to overcome the matchup, but he couldn't, you know, despite getting 11 targets, you know, same with Mike white, you know, this matchup seemed to be too much for this offense. You know, I like my white this week, but now the Jets are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so that, that, that sucks. Um, oh. And then Tal Lockett and DK Metcalf, same thing on the other side, right? They couldn't get anything going against the Jets this week. Um, you know, DK Metcalf, one catch for two yards in this game. Yeah. So are the Jets corners just kryptonite for fantasy at this point? Yeah. You no know, receivers? Like it looks like oh, yeah. whoever plays them. We just saw it the week before with Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. They all had duds. It's just like, yep. It, happen, it has it happened like- all year long, man. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of stud wide receivers, you know, couldn't overcome these tough matchups this week, right? It yeah. wasn't just these guys. It was a bunch of them, you know? Crazy. Crazy. Um, Kenneth Walker, though, 23 carries for 133 yards. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that Tyler Algier has more rushing yards than Kenneth Walker this year, but he does, uh, yeah. and on less carries. Um, but Walker, I think, you know, ne- going into next year, he's going to have a big year Yeah, next season. He, he I think should. Probably, I'm assuming he's going to be a second-round pick. Yeah, is my guess. Mm, I don't know if I'd take him that high. I mean, obviously we've seen very. But, but, but where do you think his ADP lands, though? It's probably going to be high. Just looking Second at the round, off, I would say. yeah, it would have to be. And assuming that so. Seahawks get better again, you know, this season they have all those draft picks. They yeah. should be able to do well you know, on <laughs> offense, so they should be yeah. fine. Uh, I like Kenneth Walker. Not so much. I don't think that'd be taking him in the second round unless you know. He has good camp. I don't know. He he looks like he's doing really good. I'm not doubting Kenneth Walker. It's just he's not really my taste right now. Could change. Plenty of time between now and next season. But um, yeah, empty calories it was. And that's been like my MO, you know, when it comes to breaking down these running back performances. But he had 133 yards. It just doesn't amount to much when that happens when they don't score. Yeah, man. All right. That's going to do it for this podcast. I wish you guys the best of luck. Hopefully, a bunch of you guys have won championships. I see a few people here in our comments who already won a championship. Thomas Jefferson. Our founding father. Well, my first (laughs) ever (laughs) fantasy football championship. He's been playing fantasy football since the United States um, has been uh, has seceded from uh, England. So thank you, Thomas Jefferson, for your comment. Uh, Who else here? We had a couple other ones as well. Jay Small, Jack McKinnon came through. Props to upper hand. I won my championship. That's awesome. Uh, Albert got Diggs and Higgins left tonight. He's down by 26. I think it's going to happen, dude. Yeah. I think it's going to happen for you. Um, Prince is is saying that he's up 30 points. He has Higgins uh, up against Burrow and their kicker. I think he you're pretty much locked in with that W as yeah. well. So, hey, man. That's wish you, wish you guys the best of luck. Yeah, especially with, with the Higgins, having Higgins and him having Burrow, the, your, your opponent. That's one way to offset their yeah. scoring. Is exactly. if you have their pass catchers, that's happened to me so many times where they have my my quarterback's pass catchers, and it's just like every touchdown is a net negative two. <laughs> Assuming it's a four point passing touchdown, it's just terrible. And then Hoosier, 
Hoosiers luck 89. I won second year in a row. Thanks for all the information. Got you. Got you. Hopefully, uh, a, a lot of you guys have won your championship this, this year. Um, I'm giving away a bunch of trophies to a bunch of champions. So, you know, we'll talk about that on my Instagram story on Tuesday. Uh, so make sure you tune in there and we'll talk about it, how you can get a trophy for your league, a perpetual trophy that you'll be, you'll be able to pass around from, you know, it's going to be really awkward, Zach, when I get the trophy for our league and I put my name on it first and I'm presenting <laughs> it to myself. Super awkward. <laughs> a little weird. Uh, nah, but it fine. is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. It's All fine. right, guys. My name will be on it then. Don't worry. <laughs> soon enough. Soon enough. Yeah. Uh, if you can get past me. Yeah. Assuming uh, Rashad right. Penny doesn't get hurt, DeAndre Swift doesn't get hurt. You know, obviously I was going to rely on Rashad Penny all season. Uh, do you want me tough. to? Do you want me to go through all the injuries that I had this year? Uh, mm. Do you want me to do it? Huh? I, I don't know. You made more trades than I did. I largely stuck with my team. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But, Keenan you know. Allen all year. You know, I just I did just lose Jonathan Taylor. Okay, I lost Trey Lance early. That could have been something. I had to stream my QB two all year long. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, let's let's let's. Cool right, it I'm not excuses, taking away. Okay? I'm let's not cool it with the excuses. I'm not taking it away from you, Perez. I'm just saying <laughs> it's tough sometimes. It is tough sometimes. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a good one. Uh, we'll see Happy you guys hopefully um, this week. We probably won't have a podcast tomorrow because no waiver show. We're gonna take it a little easy. But we'll probably be back a little later this week. We'll let you guys know. Just keep up with Instagram, and we'll be back. See you later. Bye-bye. Peace.